I want you to succeed at things that you never thought were possible, and I want you to fail at things that you never thought were possible. But I just want you to take that failure and move forward. Black men are six times as likely as white men to be murder victims. They are two and a half times as likely to be unemployed. They finish last in practically every socioeconomic measure from infant mortality to life expectancy. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. I am your host, L. Ray. Um, it was a great episode last week. Very fun. A lot of fun, actually. The longest one we had. Um, this week's been a good week. I'm kind of bouncing back. I just released a book with my wife that is a medical marijuana book for kids. A medical marijuana intro book for kids. It doesn't tell kids, hey, go smoke weed. It just tells them kind of what it is. Um in a better way than, hey, Jimmy smokes weed behind the store. Um, but today, obviously, we move and shift because it's funny. Last week, somebody messaged me and said, oh, is your podcast all about sports? And I said, that was the first one that was about sports. That was six. So we're going to get back on track because what we try to do from week to week is, is humanize different people in different situations that people might be in. And not only am I going to learn today, but you damn sure are as well. Um, I'm going to bring in my host right now for today, and that is Jessica Batts. How are you tonight? Hey, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, hanging in there, you know, just staying at home. Not much <laughs> else to do, playing video games. <laughs> so, I mean, are you working now, or are you just at home, like, making sure you don't die from coronavirus? Oh, no, no, no. I, I work from home, like, uh, since, like, I work for a corporation that does tech and data. <laughs> if you catch yes. So uh, they have us all working from home. I do help desk. Uh, so, you know, typical, have you turned it back on? Like, have you tried turning it off? Have you Yeah, all the shit router? that I hate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I am the the bastion that you have to get through to get to tier so you're, two. So you're you're actually Indian. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, basically, like people call simple stuff. Zoom's not working. It's like, oh well, what about Zoom isn't working? And it's like it just won't work. It's like. <laughs> No, so listen, when I did our first, my, uh, my first podcast, I did with Ralph, and he got on the Zoom, and the shit, literally, it was no reason, no audio, we couldn't figure it out, so we had to go back and go uh, with Facebook, and it's, it's, the complications with Facebook are fucking stupid, because from a lap, from a computer, you can't bring a person into your life, but from a phone, you can bring a person into your life, so I had to kind of figure out a bunch of things as we got to the point that we are right now, and we're at a point where I've kind of gotten it figured out a little bit better than I had it figured out before. Um, 
with that being said, earlier in the week, I before I even the stuff that I was like, oh, I want to discuss, I had an epiphany, and I was like, oh shit, I forgot that Jessica's a witch, and that's why I sent you a message, and I was like, wait a minute, aren't you a witch? Um, I was like, yeah. <laughs> so you are a pagan, right? Yes. So like, um. I don't practice Wicca. Wicca is a specific like group of rules, and typically you have your god and goddess, and it's a little more vague in some ways. You can particularly select your god and goddess. It's your own path, yada yada. My issue personally is they believe in like threefold, and if you like put negative stuff out, it comes back threefold. I personally don't believe that because I've known a lot of evil people that have never had anything bad happen to them, and they never got it's, any It's like Chris Rock said, so. <laughs> what goes around doesn't always come around. <laughs> it really doesn't. So, like, that and um, just a lot of it is just very, uh, it's a certain type of, view slash uh how it's set up so like i'm more fluid i'm biracial uh you know i'm mixed so for me like just white beliefs which a lot of wicca ends up being very white and it ends up appropriating like native american stuff and other cultures including black culture so like for me personally like it's about my own journey so like i try to be you know respective of other people's cultures and you know only worship like within my roots and what i'm comfortable i got with. that so i mean with that being said when it comes to witches and pagans or anything of those sort what do you feel are like the most common misconceptions because like you got obviously when people hear witches, they're like, oh, the Salem witch trials. Or, like, when they hear voodoo, they think, like, oh, it's black magic in oh, Haiti. It's yeah, devil. it's the devil. Or, like, what's this Pat Roberson from the 600 Club saying that Haiti conjured voodoo to escape uh, being enslaved and, you know, women being cut out of bellies. But I guess what the question is, what what are the common misconceptions that you hear all the time? And, and what do you kind of say to, to, to kind of put that back in order? The one that I hear the most is like, you know, you're going to hell, it's Satan worship. And it's the the way I combat that is we don't believe in Satan. Like that that's a Christian creation. That's part of Christianity. We don't believe in like the specific devil or Lucifer for the most part. Um like that that's you know, it's not a part of our beliefs, so like you know, we can't really worship him if he's not a part of our beliefs, yeah. right? Um, and part of, you know, voodoo being associated and hudan being associated with Satanism, it, it directly correlates to white supremacy. Like, <laughs> like, I know it sounds crazy, but there's a pretty great Medium article on it of how black spiritualism and black uh, religious notions became associated with, you know, negative and evil is a way to demonize us and to keep us down, essentially, and then feed us Christianity. Like, if you're Christian, that's fine, but you gotta realize it does detail how you should admonish your slaves and how you should treat your and slaves. And, I mean, with like, that being said, the books the, so, <laughs> paganism is the oldest religion 
in the world, is it not? It depends on what belief system you're talking about. Um, some go far back. Wicca really started more back in like the 70s slash 80s. So it is newer, but it draws back on pagan beliefs that go back more into Druidism and Dianism, which worships the goddess Diana um, and those type of things. So it really depends, but it is based in much older beliefs. Well, I, so it's just, The reason it's, I ask because I heard me, people make connections between basically what was going on in ancient Egypt as far as their beliefs and what paganism is now. Like they refer to that as what was happening in ancient Egypt. You see a lot of the same type of gods, maybe by different names and stuff like that. Right, right. There's a lot of similarities. Um, you can you can really even find similarities in the Abrahamic faith, like you know, in comparison to gods with Jesus that have the virgin birth. Um, Jesus's birth date isn't the 25th. That was changed for reasons of paganism, so that way they could celebrate around the normal pagan festival of Yule and incorporate those beliefs, so that way assimilation would go a little easier. Like, oh, hey, look, we got them Christmas trees, too. We got, you know, the Bobbles, man. Like, Jesus was born, by the way. Just thought y'all should know, and you should worship him. Like, we got the same thing, right? And so it became a knit of the different faiths, and that's why, like, you have Easter eggs during Easter that's from paganism. Mm. Uh, Ishtar, they call it. Like, I was, yep, Ishtar, Ostara, um, and you have a lot of similarities, and a lot of, like, Christian people don't know that, so a lot of times I find that they're very surprised to know that we believe in a lot of common ground. We celebrate a lot of the same festivals in the same way. We decorate. Yeah, it was just kind of rebranded. It's funny. I mean, that 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 statement kind of, and earlier in your statement, kind of washed walked me into my next question, which is the. I had someone tell me once that Islam is the most violent religion in the world. What do you think about that? I disagree. Like, when we look at Christianity, it's very comparable. Like, I mean, we have the entire Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition, the Protestants fleed Europe and came and colonized North America because they were being persecuted. Like, that's how bad it was. Like, they couldn't even practice their own brand of Christianity because the Catholic Church was like, nah. <laughs> like, and then Martin Luther and the other different divisions also, you know, they took power and gained ranks and, you know, became more oppressive to people who disagreed with their dogma. So, I really can't say that Islam is the most violent religion when we know the entire history of what's gone on through Christianity and what's still going on. I mean, there's the entire pedophile ring, which I know will probably eventually... Hey, you slow down. (laughs) So, as far as paganism, what, if if anything, are the core beliefs? Like, I always ask myself a question um, as far as, like, Native Americans, like, what their beliefs were at the time, but as far as specifically paganism, what are the core beliefs of kind of what they believe in? Like maybe like natural morals or anything like that? For, 
I guess the best way to put it, and I think almost majority of pagans is do no harm, but take no shit. Like, that's the best way to summarize it is don't harm other people. Like, don't harm, you know, our environment. Do the best you can. Be a good person. Um, but also, like, don't get pushed around and stepped on and bullied. Like, you shouldn't, you know, put up being berated because you're not Christian. Like, don't put up with it. Just be like, nah, it's not for me. Like, I had... Um, Back when I worked at Securitas, I had a coworker, and we'll we'll call him Bob. Fuck you, Bob. Uh, and he <laughs> he kept uh, coming up to me, and he was uh, Egyptian Copic Christian, and he kept coming up to me like because you know I had my pentacle, like I'm allowed to wear my religious yep. items. That's perfectly fine, and he's like. You're, you know, like, uh, you're, you're going to go to hell. And he's like, I just want to save you. And I was like, you know, I was actually brought up Catholic. And my grandparents were Pentecostal. Like, I'm very aware of a lot of stuff in the Bible. I've read most of it. I won't say I've read the whole Bible there and back. There's too many chapters that are just names and talking about lineage. Skipped all that. But um, I was like, I don't agree with this, this, and this in the Bible. And he's like, that's not in there. I was like, well, here you go. And I printed out, like, I went home. I printed out an entire list of just scriptures of what really bothered me. And he's like, well, most of that's in the Old Testament. And, you know, you gotta focus on the New Testament. I'm like, but Jesus said that I didn't come to invalidate the law. I came to fulfill it, meaning that technically all the articles of the law, which is all of the Old Testament, should be being it's included. Fun. I mean, but, so the, he... the, the way that you, it's funny you say that, because like, I, I feel like the way you're talking, it, it, the, I, I wrote the questions perfectly. The th same thing you run to is exactly kind of what I ran to when I was younger. I was in CCD, which is like, it's like a children's version of the Catholic Church. So, yep, yep. You have to do it if you want to get confirmed. Otherwise, you can't get confirmed. I know. Exactly. I did there. So, you get into these arguments with people and they're like, oh, you don't understand the Bible. And I'm like, no, I, I fully understand the Bible. I fully understand the Quran. And I'm at where I'm at now. Um, which leads me to my next question, I guess, is what is your opinion of the Catholic Church? So I think it works for a decent number of people. Like, you know, it keeps them, you know, whole in a lot of ways. But I think that right now I notice the Pope is starting to be anti-capitalistic, which is hilarious considering it's literally one of the most profitable churches. He is so much money and he's out here lecturing the dangers of capitalism and lecturing like the U.S. on it. It's like, man, start giving away all that gold in the church. You start selling that. You start living in not the vatican like if you really if you want to be what you're preaching like you have to so my issue is they spend billions of dollars on both uh covering up and defending predators um i i mean uh, i can't even remember the amount that uh the new york diocese spent on trying to block the bill that just uh, was passed, I think it was last year, that actually extended how long a victim can come forward. And 
<laughs> like, I, I mean, this was like millions of dollars they spent. Like, that's that's coming from the collection basket. That's the tax free you know, collection you're, basket. You're giving that money. Yeah. So, like, to me, like, my major issue is that it's not necessarily a spiritual just entity it's also a political entity they you know donate money to campaigns they push on you know anti-gay marriage they push on uh you know anti-abortion bills they donate and they lobby they lobby a lot and all of that money you know could be spent helping the poor could be helped you know uplifting people uh it could be going back into communities it could be again making their victims whole which you know between the residential schools between sexual abuse victims between even nuns there was this whole uh like none monastery. Sorry, I can't think word. of the. It's okay. The name this is a perfect podcast. You can word. just call it some nun shit if you like. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so like it was completely abolished because the priests were raping the nuns. Like there was no salvaging it. There was nothing to do. I think it was like in Chile or some. Like it. It was insane, and it's like. So we could be making those people whole with all this money, but instead you're lobbying to not contribute to society. Because I'm sorry if you're lobbying for anti-gay marriage, if you're lobbying for anti-abortion, like that comes down to that you're not forwarding society. Like the Catholic Church is strongly opposed to birth control and any type of method other than natural family yeah. planning. Which again, if you want to stop abortions, you need to have sexual education. You need to have the means to prevent pregnancy. Just telling kids not to do it. It yeah, doesn't yeah. work. I don't know if it works for you. It didn't I mean sir I, well, well no my family was so fucked up that I saw not to do it. Um <laughs> but you hear that Chick-fil-A everything she just said? Um, so, I mean, I'm from Boston and, uh, my mom used to say in Boston, it was the Catholic church and the Kennedys right after that. (laughs) That's how powerful that Catholic church influence is in Boston. And they own a shitload of the city, almost as much as Boston university owns, if not more. Uh, Ralph's in the comments. He can tell me if it's more, he knows. Um, (laughs) so you're a native as well. Native American. Yes. So on my dad's side, he was also mixed. He was white and uh, Native American. Um, So he was part Blackfoot and Cherokee. Um, His mom used to take him and my aunts up to the reservation. And like they they were much more involved than I was because uh, basically I was born in Baltimore and my grandmother got custody of me because like my parents didn't have their stuff together. So, like, and, you know, my mom is black, uh, and she lost custody of me and two of my other siblings due to drugs, just, you know, Baltimore shit. Hey, you don't have to tell me. Trust me. It's a trap. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, uh, she really wasn't a part of my life, and then my grandmother, like, raised me, and she kind of lied to my dad about having custody of me, which is a whole, like, thing, (laughs) so she raised me in like the backwoods in georgia in the middle of nowhere in this town called sandersville if you look it up oh you had to oh you 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 said georgia like 
<laughs> Zoom in. So, uh, <laughs> like, it is so, it's like three hours, I think, from Augusta, which is not that big. Augusta is not a big city. So, um, I grew up there. Uh, I didn't really get to have my culture. Um, my grandmother was super racist. So, there was a lot Welcome of. Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> like, so legitimately, my grandmother would not let me out in the sun when I was little. She's like, you'll darken up and you'll look like a rhymes with Tigger. Her words. <laughs> Holy shit. I was just, listen, I was just yeah. about to say this specifically, but, this specific to you. I, I was going to say some shit like, you, so your dad's half black and your mom's black black and you still came out lighter than me? What the hell's going on? Oh, no, no, no. My, my dad's half naked. Well, I think like one fourth. Oh, okay. And the rest white. Uh, but no, my mom is black, black. Like if I can, let me, let me see if I can pull up some, some of my baby it's pictures. Okay. Like it, it's so, it's so funny. Like, it's like, who's that little white kid right there? Jeez. Let me see if I can pop it. <laughs> Give me one no second. No worries. I know. It's the end of the world. But while, while you are looking, because you'll be able to talk during this question, do you know, kind of have an idea of what the core beliefs of the natives are? In comparison to religion? I don't. Um, I've been. I don't know if you know what decolonization is. Um, I've been, you know, joining groups to learn more about that part of my culture and part of my heritages. Um, so I've been like kind of a silent observer. Like, I know a lot of it is basically, you know, they were caretakers of the land. I mean, we have evidence of natives literally conducting controlled burns in forest to make sure that like there wasn't extreme uncontrolled forest fires like a lot of people think of them being uncultured but it was a different type of culture that embraced more of nature instead of trying to dominate it yeah. is the best way i can you know kind of summarize there is a, um and i was talking to my friend leon earlier in the week there is a a Bible called the Elliot Bible. You ever heard of that? And if you can look, if you're on the live on your phone, I'm going to put it up in our feed. Okay. Okay. That's one. It's a Bible created in 1963. I mean, it's 1663. And it was actually a Bible so that they could, because there was already natives here when they got here. So that they convert could convert them to Christianity with the Bible. 1663. So they, so, they came and then they were ready. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I see it. She looks like Michelle up. Obama with a bubble jacket. Yeah. Yeah, so that baby's me down there. Uh, <laughs> I, I came out real white. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my mini mouse. <laughs> I used to ride that thing around. Uh, but yeah, like, and it's really funny is like, everyone always told me like, I look like my dad, but then. Yeah. I don't know what your dad looks like, but you got, like, I mean, it's, it, it's weird because some people look at your actual features and some people end up looking at your mannerisms and your, your, uh, fucking expressions and like I, I I look a lot like my mom and then as I got older I started to develop the expressions of my dad and people would be like yo you look 
the way you did that, you look exactly like how your 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 dad looked with that. But um, I guess uh, moving on, I think it was in 2017, Sherry Johnson in Florida was fighting to change a law that allowed underage marriages. I walked in the room. You were talking to Randy, and he was like, yeah, you see this is about this girl that got married when she was 11? And I was like, the fuck? That's impossible. She's making that shit up. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's, you can't even do that in America. I was like, and then you said, yes, the fuck you can. And I was like, what do you mean? And you were like, look up the law. Do you remember that conversation? Yes. Yes, I do. And then I was like, I was married at 16. And you're like, how? Like, how is that even possible? I'm like, basically, your parents just signed one form and it's done. Like, no one, like, no social worker shows up to make sure you're not being abused. No one comes knocking on your door to investigate what's going on. You just, you're married. So, I mean, you kind of gave me, like, basically that, like a surface explanation of that. So can you give me more of an extended story? Like, how old was the guy? How did it start? What, what had oh, to go yeah. through as oh, far as that oh. plan? What happened after that? So, okay, like, uh, I, I moved to Florida when I was about 10. Uh, my dad gained custody of me uh, through a series of events that transpired over Christmas Eve and my grandmother trying to force him to sign adoption papers. And so she called the police on him and said that he hit her, which was a total lie. I mean, he should have, but... <laughs> Like, but like he did it, and so like she's like, well, if you won't sign, I'll call the cops. So she did, and of course, because of my dad being my dad and Baltimore being Baltimore, he had like five outstanding warrants from the nineties. So the cops came and arrested him on those outstanding warrants. So on Christmas Eve, and uh, my soon-to-be stepmom Michelle. Uh, she ended up uh, going and sleeping like in the van that we drove up in. And uh, my aunt was supposed to be like, you know, in care of me. Well, my grandmother kidnapped me. I was like an Amber Alert child. Uh, <laughs> so um, because, again, my family's crazy. Love them. But uh, so she kidnapped me on Christmas Eve, which then ended up with her getting arrested for kidnapping. My dad dropped the charges, but ultimately uh, the judges up in Baltimore were like, you know, clearly you've done more than just stayed in this lifestyle. We're going to expunge these charges. So they dropped everything because, you know, he's white. Like That's just, you know, part of it. So uh, I moved to Florida and uh, Michelle, my stepmom, she really stepped up and was a mom to me. She made sure because me being mixed that like I went to boys and girls club. We went to black churches. We went on black women's retreats. Like she wanted, and she made a point of it to my dad that yeah, look at your I culture, shouldn't of ever course. miss that's, out that's, on my that's culture. Beautiful. Like, because she's like, you know, if, you know, we raised her just white, like she's going to come looking for her culture or, you know, go digging up stuff that, you know, maybe doesn't need to be dug up. And, like, we need to keep her in her culture. And she made a huge impact on me, like, always stressing that to be around 
by people. And I never had like an issue. Like a lot of white people would be like, well, you don't look half black and like you look very white. And I have never encountered that in the black community. I've never had anyone be like, oh, yeah, no, like you're, you're not black. Oh, I mean, I, I definitely just, have. No, <laughs> but I mean, to be honest with you, that that could be an up north thing versus the down south thing. Because up north, like, I I heard that shit all the time. I heard it from black. I heard it from everything. There's a lot of kind of crab-in-the-bucket feel um, when it comes to that type of thing, especially being biracial. I, I mean, even up to, like, fucking when I was 21 and beating somebody's ass in basketball, they would question, they would question that type of shit. Or, like, I, oh, I said it in a couple episodes back. I, the African-American teacher at my high school said it to me. I'm though no, you're not black and I said, "Well, tell the police that shit, please." <laughs> please let me know when yes, I'm profiled. Exactly. Like, let me just But have back, back to your story. Because I'm sorry I cut you off. Your features. <laughs> your features though, like you have more black features. Like I I can blend in a lot in white society if I don't say anything to white people. Typically like I don't get anything back now like i've had like my uh my professor in comp one he was like he he played imitation of life which i don't know if you've ever seen that movie but it's about a white passing girl and it's i want to say set in the 60s and so she's like i pass no one knows like i'm half black like why why is this you know anything and the mom's like well once they find out like this could you know like harm you like people would actually want to harm you for learning that you're half black and so i was like i went up to him afterwards i'm like so wait there's more people like these like yeah there's more <laughs> half black people that look white he was just like jessica come on i was like oh my gosh i didn't know like and i've met plenty of light-skinned people that you know they're they're still lighter than most of my other black friends but like they're still melanated like i haven't really met a whole lot of white passing black people and like i actually ended up uh in a group for more biracial people that are white assumed and like it's just really interesting to see which is a direct correlation from slavery because our ancestors were raped so, you know, eventually it comes down like, you know, you saw pictures of my mom. She was black. I <laughs> saw. So with that being said, like I saw, first of all, the rapper Logic, he's black. His, his father is black as shit. Yeah. He has an afro. Um, he looks like Richard Pryor, which is my father looks like Richard Pryor, too. But um, a couple of uh, on my friends on my Facebook, too. And then a couple of my family members, because my grandmother on my father's side was very fair skinned. So what happens is. I saw somebody say this shit one time because the people will talk about Colin Kaepernick and go, oh, well, he's half white. And they'll say, well, you don't understand that Colin Kaepernick has an angle on racism that nobody can ever have because he hears an entire side that you never fucking hear. So the fact that you look so white and the fact that I was like light as light as you when I was younger as well, people embrace you into the, the, the white atmosphere and you hear shit that's so outrageous that you're like, whoa, wait, wait a goddamn minute. <laughs> like, like, 
I love to like that's how like I, I personally like pass in uh new friendships and stuff like that because I need to know if it's safe or not. Like I wanna see them on their worst behavior. And white people, man, y'all gotta fucking stop that. Like I, I don't know who told you it's acceptable to say the N word when black people aren't around, but it's not. <laughs> like don't say that word. Stop. <laughs> I don't care if you say it with a GA, it doesn't make a damn difference. Don't say it. Like I can only imagine this. Like for me, it's like okay, fifty percent of the way. But for you, I, I'm, it's probably like just fucking a free for all. Oh man, like it, it, it's so wild. It, it, like the stuff I hear sometimes. Um, like one of my former jobs in my exit interview, my boss talked about uh, Nazis' freedom of speech and how we deserve to give them a platform <sighs> and why it was acceptable for them to give a platform. Now, like, it's really funny because, of course, he doesn't support any of the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on here, and he doesn't support platforming them. Like, I found out from a, a friend who still works there, and I was like, oh, Oh, what happened to this freedom of speech and this they deserve a platform? And it's like, oh, okay, like so like I get it in a lot of different ways and I benefit from colorism, I benefit from the white supremacist society. Like that's just you know, when I go into a job interview, most white people assume I'm white. Like that's just out the get go. I have a white name, I have a white yeah. last name. Like I I'm never you know, deliberately discriminated against. When I get pulled over, cops think I'm white because, again, I have ambiguous features. So, unlike yourself, where a lot of cops probably just assume you're you're mixed, I'm you're Spanish. Black, yeah, that's uh, that's what they say to me. They say, "Oh, you look Spanish." Uh, I'm like, "So what does that mean? That's the same type of stereotypes of murder or stealing <laughs> shit. Like that, so that don't help me at all." Yeah. discrimination it's just a but anyways time. let me hold on but stop anyway. everything let's get back on track here <laughs> we're, we're getting back, back where we got to get so, back to this marriage we'll get back there i promise uh so my my stepmom ended up getting ovarian cancer um so she went through chemo she went through a surgery um like, so we thought we were good. She had gotten that cancer-free diagnosis. She had been cancer-free for about two years. Everything, we thought we were good. We thought everything was good. And then around Christmas Eve, because that's just my life, <laughs> um, she starts having, like, flu symptoms. She's, like, nauseous. She's throwing up. She's not feeling good. So me and my dad were like, do you need to go to the doctor? And she's like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to sleep it off. Um, so me and my dad, we went to a pawn shop because that's what we do around Christmas. We're looking for all the yep. video games, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, scavenging around. And we come back and like my, my stepmom, she ended up like just being non-responsive. She had like wet herself. Like, and we're like, okay, something is, like, legitimately yep. wrong. Something's super wrong. So, we get her to the emergency room. She has a brain tumor 
And so apparently the cancer had metastasized to the brain, but the scans they were doing didn't cover the brain and only covered from the neck down because of insurance and I mean, you don't have to tell me my, I had, like I said, when I, in an earlier episode, when I was um, 13, my nine-year-old sister died from brain cancer. So I saw the entire thing from beginning to end and everything you just said. They said it was benign. She came back. She had a seizure and it kind of took tips to that. So you watch somebody completely deteriorate from what you knew they were to, to the point where it's like, okay, now I need to walk you to the bathroom because you forget how to walk. Right. Because... Yeah, and you're not sure what's going on, and you don't know where you are, and you don't remember what you said five minutes ago. So they operated on her. They tried to remove the brain tumor. Um, At first, we thought it was successful uh, because where the tumor was, it was affecting her short-term memory. So meaning that it would be like 50 first dates, basically, if she survived. It would just be very hard. She wouldn't remember a lot of stuff in, you know, the last five to ten minutes. But she could tell you what happened 20 years ago. So we were at uh, dinner because my dad took us out. Um, and we got the call that she had... Um, I think it was a stroke. I, I was younger. I was like 15. So I honestly, it kind of blurs together. But um, so they decided to make the decision to eventually pull her off the of life support after a day or so and that she had no brain activity. And yeah, so I lost literally the mom that stepped up, the mom that made yep. sure that I protected culture um the woman who homeschooled me uh she was literally the glue in the rock uh my father had bipolar type 2 disorder um he also struggled with substance abuse most of his life from you know both the mental illness and all sorts of trauma he went through because again my grandmother was a bit not great (laughs) (laughs) and all of the other Uh, trauma that he dealt through his life Um, so the moment she died my dad went off all of his medication and literally just went completely insane like there's no other way to put it Uh, he started getting guns Uh, he started talking about getting back into selling drugs Um, just became very dangerous Uh, I was dating a guy at the time and he was two years older than me. So I called the cops because my dad threatened to shoot me, which is something, again, I normally don't call the cops, but he was just being extra. Yeah. And, like, I feared. Like, I feared for my safety. Like, yeah, it makes sense. My dad normally doesn't <laughs> Your father threatens to shoot you. You don't need to explain that, that any further. <laughs> yeah, and he had guns. So it wasn't like, you know, this is something that, oh, yeah, ha, 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 very funny. No, no, no. He had possession of guns. And uh, so I called the cops, and the cops came out, and they did nothing. They were like, your dad loves you. Your dad just supports you. You know, this is a hard time. Where, what what state like, was yes, that in? I am fully aware. 
Not okay. here in Florida. It was St. Pete Police Department. And they're just like, you know, he loves, he supports you. It's just a tough time. It's like, yes, he's off of all of his medication. He needs to go back into, you know, being recommitted and get back on his meds. And they just ignored me. They completely ignored me. And so they told me, like, if we have to come out here again, we're going to have you put away in foster care. Like, we're just going to get a social worker involved. Yeah, and you're it's a threat that makes them not have to fill out a report. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, of course, 15-year-old me, I'm like, well, I obviously don't want to go into foster care. I want to finish out graduation. I was in dual enrollment at SBC. I want to graduate, get my degree, and get my diploma. So, if I have to move, or if I had to live with my aunts, or uh, my stepmom's brother even was like, well, I could take custody of you. And I was like, in St. Augustine? I was like, that would literally, like, I would have to basically start from all over again with my college credits. Because SPC uh, doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. transfer. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of colleges that colleges. are like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to do that. And so I don't know if it was really even my idea or if it was my ex-husband's idea, but uh, somehow it came up that we could get married. And if I got married, then I would have full agency of my inheritance. I would be able to operate and own the house. Um, and essentially I could not end up in foster care. So we decided to kind of proposed to my dad like hey you know you don't really have to take care of me anymore like I'm almost old enough anyways and you know just a few more years I'll be 18 like you know and he's like oh okay well if you love him then sure why not again my dad not being in any mental capacity I was gonna shoot you anyway so just get married (laughs) yeah yeah just get married (laughs) so I got married And um, it was really insane the amount of money that I was allowed to just have from my inheritance. It was, there was no restriction. Um, Like being a 16 year old (laughs) with like almost like $300,000. I I would be the worst ever. I don't even know what, like, I was the worst with $400. I'm still the worst with $400. So I don't even know what that shit would be the dumbest shit ever. I would have, like, a flying DeLorean. like, I I, I was smart enough to, like, okay, so I'm going to pay off the house. So I paid off all the mortgage. I was like, we're just, we're paying that off right now. So that, like, took a big, like, the biggest chunk of it. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy a car. And so instead of, like, buying it and, like, just putting the down payments, I just bought it outright because no one taught me shit about credit. Because, again, I was 16. So I was like, I'm buying everything outright. Like, we're not going to be in debt. And I didn't realize that you need debt to I mean, in all fairness, uh, not to cut you (laughs) off, but, like, in in everybody that I've talked to, I've realized that people with both their parents have a lot better understanding of financial because their mother, for the most part, is trying to keep them alive and their father is trying to teach them the financial responsibility so that it's always like anybody I meet that had both their parents have a better credit rating. And it took me forever to figure that out as well. So trust me, you're not (laughs) in the minority when it comes to that. 
I'm still trying to figure out how to fucking handle so, money. So, like, uh, that that's pretty much how it transpired of how I became 16 and married. Um, which, again, it was just insane that I was allowed to do that. Um, part of me honestly regrets it because it's like I literally missed out on all of my teenagehood. Like... I had to be an adult that entire time. Uh, Like, we weren't good with money. My husband at the time was 18. So, like, he wasn't good with money either. Like, neither of us were. Um, Like, his family was, like, flipping out. My family was just like, wait, what? And then my grandma's over there like, yeah! Racism! Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so funny story was, she's actually the main reason why my dad wasn't there at the small little church ceremony we had because she's like, "Oh, I didn't think you would want him here." I was like, "But I told you to go pick him up." Like I literally told her, "Yeah, go that's pick that, shit. that That's definitely some some something she tried to do to kind of. I think we when we confide in our family, we kind of just hope for the best for the most part and don't think that they're trying to do some like underhanded shit no matter what and leverage other people and and not leverage other people but i mean um and i i I actually opened this question on what's her name uh 2017 shelly uh oh yeah shelly johnson so she was 11 i i'm actually i'm putting up the 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 image right now because i don't think people understand that you can just like i didn't understand that you can be underaged and married and as you see this right here in florida there's a loophole that between 2001 and 2015 16,000 children were married in florida children and you hear it said the 40 year old can legally marry a five-year-old and i know let me uh because i got to bring this thing to front i know that people think oh damn just like what i thought when i first saw it this is some down south shit it only happens down south unquestionably no not all only all over the state Cause I'll pull this one up there. Cause most of my demo is people. Cause I'm from Massachusetts. There's Massachusetts right here. I'll bring that to the front for you as well. You see that between 2000 and 2016, 1200 children under the age of 18 were married in Massachusetts. So the same loophole kind of applies there to where a 40 year old can marry a five year old. I know when we think about it and when I thought about it, cause I was ignorant to it at the time you think, cause us in America, we just got it all fucking figured out. Oh, that's not, that's not possible oh, yeah. in, in India. They marry you off, but here in America, they do the same shit, but they just have to create the right. situations for the judge to vote on it. And even in Florida, as of 2017, um, Shelly ended up changing the law, but the law did not change in any kind of extremity. What it did was put the onus on the parents to make the decision. So now they just go, oh, well, the parents have to sign off on it as opposed to a judge signing off on it. And obviously, 
Now, I do know that uh, here in Florida, they did raise it up, I think, to either 16 or 17. Now, you you can still get married in those age mm-hmm. brackets, but uh, now they waive that if you're pregnant, you can get married at any age, which was the conditions that Sherry got married under, because 11-year-olds can get pregnant, like, uh, they're raped. Uh, that's that mo- Exactly, I that's the most insane thing ever. She had four, I think she had four kids, I believe it was. Um, I have the article over here. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, the, the header of the article is, I had to get married to my rapist. So it's like, you rape yes. an 11-year-old, and then boom, you get married to a, a grown man like what we think is something that you see in a movie in the third world country, but apparently America doesn't have mirrors anymore because if the shit is happening here today in 2020, not only can you get coronavirus, little girl, but you can get married to a grown ass man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, um, again, this is very, um, very much in a lot of Christian communities is they'll just marry off the little girl. Like the church will see it and be like, okay, you know, well, you need to do right by the little girl. (laughs) There is no doing right by the little girl unless you're paying for years of therapy and you're actually trying to restore and make it whole of what you did because you're a God awful monster. But so they just get married off. Um, I believe it's um, estimated between, I think it's 2004 to 2010, 200,000 kids, again, children, underage children. Yeah. And I mean, what I saw is that I I saw a recent USA Today article um, that said that about a million kids are sex trafficked a year. Um, and with a number like that, I wonder why anybody immediately discredits a lot of these conspiracy theories. So my thing is sex trafficking. I feel like it's not going to be easily, you know, just discovered by Joe Schmo all the time. And if you do discover it, actually report it to the authorities instead of trying to go viral on Facebook or Reddit or stuff like that, because that's not helpful. If it's a legitimate operation, you've now given them all of the heads up they need to literally change everything, pick up, leave, and take those kids. Now, um, two of the most uh, vulnerable children are black children and Native American children. Uh, When it comes to sex trafficking, it's estimated by the FBI 40% of child trafficking victims here in the United States or in the world? Uh, um, I want to say it might be in the United States. I mean, we are contrary to popular American Caucasian belief. We are the majority in the world. Yes. Um, we, we just kind of allow sex trafficking and, a lot of people don't understand that for like during the seventies and the eighties and nineties, even that being a sexual predator, uh, wasn't as stigmatized as it should. Um, 
that they don't receive as harsh penalties as we would like to think they do. Um, sometimes they get off with literally two years. Um, I don't know if you you have watched on Netflix Abducted in Plain Sight. I haven't. I've seen, I've seen the Epstein documentary. I've seen, actually, I don't know if you saw the, the documentary about the nun that was murdered by the church. Dude, that is... Okay, so that is, like, so crazy because she uncovered the abuse. She uncovered the predators, and they just yeah. murdered her. Like, there's no other explanation for what happened. There's Exactly. <laughs> like, people try to say, like, oh, no, all these kids were lying. No, they weren't lying. They were being abused, and no one listened. I so, um, abducted in plain sight. Uh, so I believe they're Mormons, I think they are. Uh, anyway, so this guy, B, is coming around this family, and so he ends up starting to groom the little girl. And so then he ends up having an affair with both the dad and the mom. Sorry, spoiler alert. It's okay. Spoil um, the whole it's, document. It, it, uh, but, when you're uh, an adult, there's no spoilers. You want to see everything. <laughs> yeah, so, um... So he ends up taking her like he, he just says like, OK, well, I'm going to take her horseback riding. And then he just dips off to Mexico to go get married to this 14 year old or 13 year old. And I think I did then, see this. Like, the no, I did see it. I saw this shit. I know what you're talking about now. It was the wildest thing. But my point is that people aren't recognizing like pedophiles like they don't understand it the police and the fbi didn't fully understand it back then that like you know what's going on because a lot of us are you know moral and upstanding people and the thought of even like looking at a child disgust us so like society doesn't they don't worry about predators as much as we should and we should be more observant, like, you know, especially with people in power, because, again, predators flock to where they have power. That's why you see so much going on in the churches. That's why you see so many people being abused in youth groups. Like, they go where the victims are. It, what's the easiest way to have access to children? Become a pastor. Become a youth pastor. I feel like, like it's funny because when it comes to when it becomes to a, a pastor, my my mother used to say to me, a lot of people in the church back in the seventies and the eighties, a lot of the priests, they knew that they were gay at the time, and they thought that that was a way for them to fix it. Like I'm gonna go be a priest, and the you know the church will fix everything, and then all of a sudden it started to come back on them, and the emotions got seen as that. Um, obviously what, what we see is gay now. And, and, and I mean, even in past episodes, I've interviewed gay porn stars. That's not, that's not really the case. It's just more of a, Hey, you're, you're a fucking pedophile. And, um, I feel like now if it's not packaged the right way, then people don't want to fucking hear it. And because a kid can't package it the right way. I don't know if you ever heard the story about Jeffrey Dahmer where a kid escaped from him literally ran to the police and was like, this guy is fucking eating kids sense. and trying to kill me. And they brought him back to his house. He had a hole in his head. 
He was partially yep. lobotomized. Uh, a black woman and I believe another woman spoke up to the cops and said, no, like, this is our, like, we know him, like, this guy is dangerous, you need to get him away from him. And of course, the cops didn't listen to him. Now, those cops, by the way, they ended up going back to work. Like, even after he was convicted and kid, you know, actually, you know, the pieces came out of evidence, those cops ended up facing no real I'm not, retribution. Uh, well, am I supposed they to be surprised no by that? There's fucking cops killing people right like, now and going back to work. Not to be surprised, <laughs> but, like, they retired. They retired with everything whole, giving a young boy back to a pedophile that had visible injuries. That also, when they did the walkthrough of the apartment, it actually stank so bad because of the dead, decaying body that if they had actually walked into the apartment and looked, they would have found the dead body. Like, I, I, the levels of just pure incompetence. And because, again, you know, they see someone brown, and they're like, ah, you know, what is, it's just gay people, gay quarrels, this brown kid. It's a white dude. He looks like an upstanding citizen. I bet you he's... I just, got, I just want to let you know, I just got a text message, not even on the live, that said, I love Jessica's shirt. I don't know if you touched on that. not accepting orders right now because it's been like super crazy with covid and everything but yeah splendid Rainco. um they have amazing shirts uh like <laughs> this is roses are red doritos are savory the U.S. prison system is legalized slavery. So it's fucking amazing. Like, if you want one, get it. Hey, I listen, I, 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 I got, listen, I got the ability to make that shit right in my, my room. I, that is nothing to me. You see this hoodie for the love? That's my company. So I'm not worried. And, and by the way, I don't know if I even said it at the beginning. If you do want that book that I talk about at the beginning, weedthegenius.com. Weedthegenius.com. If you like the podcast... Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Perfect Audio, Facebook, and Perfect Audio. And if you don't like the podcast, do all that shit too, because I need subscribers, and you're my boy. <laughs> so, three more questions. Number one being, what conspiracies, or I'll say it like this, conspiracies do you buy into? Okay, so a, a lot of... I think um, we lost our... Our feed. A lot Hold of on. the ones with, uh, oh, did you lose uh, me? You're, you're fine. I'm, I'm just making sure we go, we have the online feed. Okay. Okay. So, um, pretty much anything to do with our government infiltrating, uh, movements like Black Lives Matter. Hold on one uh, second, Jess. Let me, let me, let me, let me figure this shit out. Okay. Oh, no. It's something. Trust me, it's something new every fucking week that I run into. That's the issue. Welcome to podcasting. But because I go live, it's harder. So mm. it's like, all right, we're good. Okay. So, um, 
pretty much anything to do with like the CIA, the FBI infiltrating and destabilizing uh, Black Power movements. I mean, we have literal evidence of them doing that to the Black Panthers. Actual CIA uh, documents. So, documents. We have actual documents. So um, anything along those those lines, I completely believe. Um, like. Uh, the weird ones would have to be just the unidentified objects, which documents did come out that we Are you have talking about like UFOs? Unknown identified. No, no, no. Yeah, so, UFOs so like what I'm like saying that. is, <laughs> let's stay on the Wayfair, the big ones, Pizzagate, 9 11, okay. Sandy Hook, reptilian presidents. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, the Wayfair was a little bit weird. Uh, like, <sighs> Pizzagate, I don't really buy into just because a lot of, like, more right-leaning and there wasn't a lot of evidence to it. But the Wayfair was very fishy. Um, it was very weird with the naming on the products and the fact the products were taken. They were, down. like, ethnic names. Was... It was fucking weird. Naraya? Samaya? Yeah. I only know one Samaya on Earth. Yeah, like, yeah, they weren't common names, so that was pretty weird. I won't say that, like, I definitely believe it, or that, like, I fully don't believe it, because that one, there was just a lot of very odd things. And again, if you see something like that, or you suspect something like that, like, please go to the authorities. I know, like, I'm pretty anti-authoritarian in a lot of ways, but with child trafficking, like, don't I mean, it's don't the only thing we have. It's not like we can show up to the house with a fucking gun and kill them. Yeah. Well, there was <laughs> the uh, house... There was the house recently, like you saw the black girl that went missing. I think it was was it Minneapolis? I can't. I, I, I can't remember. Like I can't. Unfortunately, I but can't keep track of this down, shit these days. They went down. They tracked like four missing kids, and they burned that house down to the ground, like because the police weren't doing it. Oh yeah, I did so see that went, one. Yeah. They like they snatched up those girls and were like, nope. Nope, and so the house caught fire. They don't know if it was the people who set it on fire or if it was the cops, and maybe the cops were in on it, you know. But <laughs> so some in some cases, if you you do you know suspect, you see something, you say something, you organize. Like so, that's that's our only other option if we don't go to the authorities is community policing, which is you know something I'm a pretty big advocate on. Uh, you see my Facebook feed all the time talking about it. It's like, well, what have we do without cops? It's like, we police our own community. Like, we put our community it I mean, to, 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 like, not to cut you off, I, 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 we, me and a lot of my friends, we visited the first free slave town in the Americas. It is Palenque in Colombia. Um, it is a African and Spanish crossover mix of people. They're all dark as shit. Um, it's about 2,000 people as far as how many people live there, and there is no crime because it's a neighborhood atmosphere, but I think that's kind of something that we've lost touch with in this, you know, rat race that is America where everybody's trying to race for material shit so that we forget that person that lived next door to us and, and, you know, raising that person's kids, and then people take offense to you giving their kid 
you know, something that they might have not been able to give that kid because it's like them lowering themselves. And I remember when I was younger, one of my best friends, I couldn't give him any of my clothes, like any of my hand down clothes because his mother saw that as disrespect. It was like, don't give my son shit. We don't need shit. But why when I'm an adult, I'm like, yo, I need everything, everything that y'all have. When I was a fucking had a baby, I need diapers when right now I need advice everybody when they look at it from the outside feels like oh this motherfucker is perfect or somebody's perfect and that's the point of the podcast i am not fucking perfect i'm imperfect so certainly there might be some shit that i don't need and i'm gonna be at the point where i can tell you i don't need that but that doesn't mean that i there that i don't need something and that something comes along i'm certainly going to embrace it and take it into my life um Let's go left a little bit with the next question. Why do people think that dinosaurs are lizards? Because I read an article lately I, that said that all dinosaurs look like birds. Yes. Okay, so um, a lot of misconceptions. It comes straight from Jurassic Park. That's exactly. why a lot of us have complete misconceptions. Like, Jimmy, my boyfriend, you know him. Y'all mm-hmm. worked security occasionally. Anyways, um, he always says that. He's like, none of the dinosaurs have feathers. Like, they're not realistic. Like, <laughs> anytime we watch Jurassic Park, like, he's just like, yeah, and this one didn't have a frill like this. <laughs> so, like, a lot of our misconceptions comes straight from the movies and how they're portrayed um but as we're learning they were more bird-like chickens are probably the closest current living relatives to dinosaurs like when you think about it that's probably kind of how a t-rex moved was kind of like i mean they do they when they create the movements they do make them look like that i can understand the aspect because obviously the animal the oldest living moving huge animal is what a crocodile so that's been along forever other than like organisms and shit that have been around forever, amoebas and stuff in the ocean. Um, so I can understand that aspect of it, but exactly like what you said speaks to so much because um, once you see Jurassic Park, it's fucking over. As long as they can package it right yeah, for over. you to understand it's it, it's over. in your fucking brain forever. And I posted a, um, yeah, it's just burned. I posted an article. Uh, <laughs> I think it was yesterday that in 1988, the top two selling movie. I mean, the top two viewed TV shows in the world, because obviously we are the people that drive entertainment other than like India, but this is before India started driving entertainment were the Cosby's at number one and a different world at number two. Those are two fully black TV shows. Number one being a doctor and a fucking lawyer as a black people with all black successful kids. And number two being all black successful kids in college wearing HBCU gear from 1988 to now. There has not been another black show at number one. There has not been another black show in the top five. So now the Fresh Prince was the closest, and I think that hit like seven. From 1988 to now, there's never been two. In 1980, there was two. So when you look at it from 1988 to now, your mainstream television, NBC, CBS, Viacom, Fox, look at what a black person is comes through CIS 
comes through Law and Order, comes through the West Wing, comes through JAG, comes from or, NCCIS. Uh, this is us. So, which is, you know, I I've watched all of This Is Us. I'm current, but it's very white saviorism. So the white family decides to adopt the poor black kid. Uh, because one of their triplets died. So they saved him. And it's like, so it comes up in a later season when Randall's running for city councilman. And, you know, the black community's like, hey, you're not really one of us. Like, you weren't really raised around your community. You were very much raised by white people. You don't understand the issues that are facing us. And, like, even though, like, he ends up winning the councilmanship, uh, it's still just very obvious that he doesn't understand what it's like to struggle the same because he never had to. His white parents provided, like, yeah, they weren't rich or anything, but they afforded him a different type of lifestyle that most people didn't, you know, have the option to. But, again, it very much focuses on look, his entire life changed because he was adopted, and it's very much white-centered. I mean, yeah, even with that, like, in Law & Order, your experience with a black person is most likely going to be as a criminal. So now you yeah, go from or, 1988, you know, where, where you're <laughs> driving the entertainment. This is what black people are. We are fucking lawyers and doctors, and we are college students and regular human beings turned from that and then you compound that with music turning from at that time boogie down productions and you know grandmaster flash and the fury five and the message that was all positive and africa oriented and unity with queen latifah oriented to gangster rap so now you compound the music to gangster compound the tv to gangster and what the fuck you think everybody else is going to see? Because we're only 13% of the United States gangsters. Right. But, you know, somehow 40% of the prison population. It's true. <laughs> that is true. So... so let's do the last question of the night. <laughs> that being, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a new craze that is calling pedophilia a sexual orientation. So... This isn't new, I promise you. <laughs> no, uh, with a college study behind it now. If you look up in, uh, I believe it's France, which they got their uh, legal uh, sexual uh, age limit lowered, like to either nothing or like really ridiculously low, was because of a pedophile helped push legislation and tried to just say that children can consent and that they have feelings and you know pioneered a quote-unquote child liberation movement um so it's just it's something that's been around that has uh invaded the gay community uh like i don't know if you know what nambla is the national American Man Boy Love no, Association. No, I do not know who that is. Stuff I'm going like to look that, that shit up. <laughs> so, um, As, I also have to watch Imitation of, of Life, but keep continuing. Yeah. So, um, but a lot of, like, even some queer theory starts to get into this abstract um, way of thinking and to kind of reduce everything down to, well, 
you know, nothing means nothing, words mean nothing, uh, kids, you know, have feelings and emotions, so they should be able to act on it. It's like, no, they, they shouldn't. Kids don't know what that is. And even, you know, young teenagers having sexual experiences, that doesn't mean it's okay for them to be with an actual adult. Like, uh, I shared something a couple days ago, and it's like, people think pedophiles are like 50-year-old men going after little five-year-olds and stuff like that. It's not just them. It's also your 20-something-year-old friend who's hanging around you know 15 well yeah i mean you 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 always saw it like when you were younger you saw it as a person that was not able to counter the intellectual values of a woman so that they were like okay let me find somebody that i know that i can intellectually beat and you see i mean you see it now like I, i say it to people all the time no i want your best intellectually so i can take that shit down whether it be a man or a woman, and have a real conversation because at the end of the day, I'm either learning or teaching. And there's nothing wrong with that because everybody sees it as, oh, I lost an argument. But no, if I learn, whether it be from a woman or a man, it's funny because I was watching, um, what's the Stephen Avery fucking documentary on Netflix? The Murderer, Making a Murderer. Uh uh, so I knew murder. that I was at a certain yeah. place in my life when I watched Making a Murder episode two, and I I watched his lawyer, and I said, "This is one of the smartest people I've ever seen." I never said this is one of the smartest women I've ever seen. Right, right. Uh, you know. So, pedophilia, sexual orientation? Yes, no. No, um, it no. So. I personally think that it's more of like a mental illness. Like, sure, it's probably something chemical in their brains. But to label it a sexual orientation, again, we're giving them validity. And the more we we acknowledge them and give them validity and give them a platform and give them a space, this is partly why Tumblr got basically almost taken down uh, because they were just running rampant there. And they would message underage kids, watch what your kids are doing on the internet, people, I swear to God. Watch what they're doing, watch who they're talking to, um, like, you know, see what they're doing, be, be involved, ask questions. If you see your little 14-year-old smiling around the house looking at her phone, question what's going on. So they, they ended up removing all uh, adult content off of Tumblr because of how rampant pedophilia was and how pedophiles started creating their own pride flags and started calling themselves uh, minor attracted persons. Don't ever like refer to them as that. Call them pedophiles, please. Um, It's not an orientation again. And part of it is, you know, again, they're trying to leech on to LGBTQ. We, we don't accept them. I'm bisexual. We, we don't want them in our group. Trust me. Like, <laughs> stay out of our group. Uh, no one wants that. <laughs> it, it's not an orientation, like, as much as they're trying to legitimize themselves as that. And, you know, again, I like I said, sure, maybe 
chemically something's wrong, their brain's wrong, they're still attracted to kids, but we shouldn't ever call it an orientation and normalize that. And, you know, currently there's not a whole lot, like they can attend groups, they can talk about it. But the more that we've seen with studies from what I've seen, I haven't researched in a minute, so I could be wrong, but the more that they talk about it and the more that it's accepted, the more likely they are to act on it. So we need to, you know, Yeah, instead of getting help, it's like, ah, it's see, this is fine. I'm moving forward. I mean, if you attach that type of shit to like a sociopathic murderer, then it's like, no, it's okay. This is an orientation. You're a murderer. Then all of a sudden your fucking whole family is yeah, getting know, murdered just and like you just accept me. it. Yeah. You know, you're a serial killer file or some crap. Like, it's very much the same. And again, like, it's not anything new, but it's something that, you know, has kind of been around since literally all of the start of queer theory is that it's pervasive in that, you know, they try to slip in and they try to make it abstract enough of a concept to where it's like postmodernism and that we're past all of this and that this is an evolution. It's not, it's not kids do have rights. Kids do have emotions. Children have mental illnesses, but they can't consent to an adult. No, I mean, so it's, I said this last episode, um, you have to be 35 to be the president. Why? You scientifically yeah. know when a brain is fully developed. I think a lot of this shit stems from a time where your life expectancy was 35. So people try to make that type of excuse well, as, oh, well, she's fucking even nine. Then, <laughs> even then, that excuse doesn't work because even then, people back in like the 16 and 1500s thought it was fucking weird. You're messing around with a child. But again, like our society in a lot of ways hasn't conditioned itself to be on guard against those people. Like instead it's like, Oh, murderers. Oh, you know, like, uh, I am so afraid like of this, or I'm afraid of gay people, or I'm so afraid of that. It's like, no, we need to watch for predators, which you can be straight and you can be a predator. You can like, uh, I think it was one of the studies I read, which I'll have to look it up and send it on over to you. But um, a lot of pedophiles identified themselves as straight, even if their victims were of the same sex. Well, yeah, it's funny you say like, that because even, did you see the um, in the Epstein documentary, they asked him about uh, if he had sex with the dude that owned Victoria's Secret. And he was like, no, no, no. It was almost like they had proof of it, but he still wasn't to, uh, willing to admit that, <laughs> even like, though he's no. having sex with an 11-year-old girls on his island. Right. Right, which is, again, um, you know, I know we mentioned conspiracy theories. That's That, that was a conspiracy theory. Epstein was a conspiracy theory. Uh, you know, even uh, Harvey Weinstein, that was an open book conspiracy theory. What was going on there? So, like, my thing is, if you hear that, like, someone in a position of power is abusing someone, and, like, even if it's Bill Clinton, he did it. Like, we Come have, on. what, four women... We have Monica Lewinsky, which Monica was 19. Like, I need to just, like, reiterate, she was a teenager. Like, she wasn't, 
you know, a, a fully grown ass woman who has all of her faculties, she was still a teen being approached by literally the most powerful person in the U.S. If not, if not the and world. people don't <laughs> want to talk about if people don't want to talk about the power dynamics there and why she wasn't really able to just be like, oh, no, no, thank you, sir. Like, well, what, what's going to happen to you if you say no to, like, one of the most powerful people in the world? I, with that being said, I think a lot of, um, and I'll kind of finish on this, a lot of men look for that power because... Their regular conversation isn't powerful enough to carry them into a relationship like that or talk themselves into a relationship like that. And with that being said, you see another aspect now, whether it be, you know, rappers or superstars where women literally have websites that list where they're going to be at so that they can prey upon that as well. So it's a very slippery slope when it comes to those type of things, because there's no woman out there that goes, you know what? I need to buy a Ferrari so that I can get some dick. It don't work like that. Yeah, All yeah, men no, are like, I need to reach this level of power. I, I saw, you know, one of my favorite standup comedians, Patrice O'Neill said, you can't be a regular ass man that works at, you know, a fucking supermarket, whether it be Publix or Safeway or Stop and Chop or Giant. Got to cover all the bases of the entire United States, no matter who's listening. And um, just walk into a uh, fucking presidential event and you can just be an attractive woman and show up and walk into a presidential event where it creates an environment for somebody else that's a lot more poisonous to where it's like, oh, you see NBA players go pick out the prettiest girl in the crowd and then we'll go from there, not knowing if that girl's preying on them or vice versa. So that it's like, hey, I got a financial come up. So it's a very, very, you know, like I said, gray area as to where somebody, I specifically speak to somebody like Louis C.K., where the situation with him was, hey, I'm going to jerk off. You can stay if you want. And the girl stays, and then 20 years later, destroys his entire fucking career. But at that time, it's like you had the choice to walk out. What do you think about that? So, like with Louis C.K., I was a pretty big fan. Um, the issue there is Louis is a significantly bigger star. Like... Louis is booking shows every night. Both of those women were much smaller comedians. Their careers hadn't really, you know, fully blossomed like Louis had. So, like, at the same time, as a woman, as myself, uh, it's not always conducive for us to say no, even when we don't want to be around, even when we don't, we're judging our, you know, repercussions from well, if I say no, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my career? What's going, like, is he going to get violent? Like, what what's going on? So, like, I can understand why, like, they stayed or didn't leave is because sometimes it's just better to be victimized than to risk, you know, further repercussions from just turning somebody down. Like, um, I don't know you know, as a person of yourself being attractive, but when sometimes you say no to guys when you're trying to even just, you know, 
go through a bar, go through a club, and they're demanding your number. And it's like some people literally won't let up without you giving a either false number. And even then, like sometimes you give a false number, the dude will try calling it right then and there and harass you until they get your real number. Like I've had that happen. So like sometimes it's not that we're conditioned to know that we can say no or to feel safe that we can say no. So if that makes no, you're, I, I get exactly what you're saying. I guess um, on, on my side of it, it would be like more uh, depending on the person. Some people want to reach a level of power and understand the power that were there, but money does not create a security in yourself. You know what I'm saying? So like, right. The Weinsteins, the Trumps, the Clintons, they know they have the power. Yeah, they have they have power. They know that. They have money. The but situations yet, in the Louis C.K. I think there is still an insecurity to where he really doesn't even know he's that powerful. It's just his regular dumbass shit that he likes to do. And somebody putting themselves in that situation where you're not literally being physically manipulated is a situation where for me, it's always still going to come down to the choice of the action because you can essentially destroy somebody's career with words when there was never an actual arrestable offense done. Well, I mean, if you start jacking off in front of somebody in public, you can be arrested for indecent exposure. Um, but, like, again, it's just, you know, either him not understanding his power dynamics, him, like, again, if you, uh, if you believe it was malicious, and him understanding his power dynamics, it makes even, you know, a weirder thing. But, yes, there's obviously, like, we shouldn't be comparing apples to oranges, like it's still not okay. There is, I mean, um, no, we're not. I'm not comparing to apples to oranges. So, like, I mean, in a situation like, where, like, with my wife, who's very good at like shutting shit down like that, if she showed up at Harvey Weinstein's room and he was like, "Hey, meet me in your hotel room," and he opened the door and there was another girl there, she'd be like, "Eh," and leave. But right. somebody that's willing to right. make it is going to go. Hmm. Let me take a, an extra five minutes. So I understand the aspect of entertainment being that, but at, at even in that situation, it's something that comes down to whether you want to further your career in that industry in your mind or not. And it's unfair, unquestionably, but it's still a choice. Right. Um, now, again, like I don't want to sound like, you know, on the verge of victim blaming or anything like that, but... Again, like, when you're basically, your choice is you'll have a successful career and you'll have, like, security and money, or, you know, you stand up to somebody who might squash that career, or, you know, if you're standing up to someone powerful enough like Weinstein, I mean, like, the cops won't listen to you, the FBI didn't listen to them, like, I mean, it just went on and on of so many levels, and it's like, so... Um, definitely in the grand scheme of things, I see what you're talking about, like, I, I'm... With Weinstein, I'm just speaking of, of a specific situation, not the fucking hundreds of other situations that could have possibly happened. <laughs> I'm just talking about that specific situation. And like, I, okay. like, if me, it's I'm like... not even really attaching the names to it, but I know that that can immediately have somebody recall, okay, this is the situation, so they can go, okay, well, in this situation, this is what I would do if it was said person. If those were regular, you know, guy that 
works at certain. Dave Chappelle said, "If if he would have been Brad Pitt, you'd come downstairs and just go, hey, I got the part." <laughs> <laughs> right. Like so. Again, like I said, um, it's just again our society and conditioning. Like uh, my my stepmom conditioned me like to be careful around guys and like, you know, never meet them alone, never, you know, and if I am meeting them alone to make sure it's a public space and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so, and, you know, to be careful when rebuffing people, like, I mean, I've had to change my number before because like somebody didn't take a rebuff <laughs> gracefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, you know, seeing extreme reactions when you do say no, when things are really uncomfortable, like again with Louis C.K. And like, I can't speak to their feelings if they've had similar incidents. Like, I don't know what I would have done if I was in that situation. I might have just been like, okay, this is really weird. I guess this is happening. Um, I'm going to look at the other girl and hopefully no, it'll be so over soon. I guess what I'm... <laughs> With, with 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 what I'm saying in that situation is, and and they actually pulled Sarah Silverman. She was like, "Yeah, he used to do that shit all the time," but I was like, "Hey, that's what I'm going to deal with." And um, for you to come out 20 years later with it, like you got forcibly raped, is what was the issue for me. Um, I think at the time, if you were like, "Yes, yeah, weird ass shit," this motherfucker did this, then it's one thing. But then for you to mention it that well, much it's longer, probably that they felt. They felt safe to say it. They probably did bring it up back then. Like I know people brought up issues with Bill Cosby back in the seventies. And those are, I mean, the Bill Cosby ones are documented, so it's a lot different. And I, I wouldn't base anything on what somebody probably did. You know, they could have brought it up back then, and it just wasn't taken seriously. Which a lot of women's voices aren't taken seriously when it comes to stuff like this, whether it's being victimized emotionally or physically. Um, I mean, I don't know if you have friends who have reported being sexually assaulted, but the entire process is just garbage. Like, and most of the times it never leads to a conviction. It's like one out of every 100 rapists uh, will even uh, be charged. That's not even convicted. Uh, it's on the Rain uh, website uh, that most rapists just go free. Uh, I mean, we saw that with uh, what's his face—the little smug white asshole who, like, was literally Rock caught time? on video raping a. Yes, there we go. <laughs> three monther. He only served three months for raping a woman on convicted camera. Rapist. Being convicted rapist three oh, months. I know. you don't have to tell me about that um i, I would look at i would look at that number and cut it by at least a third with a lot of the crazy chicks that just go hey i got raped for no fucking reason and so while it's still a high number after taking out a third there's no question about that but um i mean that would be it that was um Definitely informative to me. I know it's informative because if I have to write down some shit three times, write down some <laughs> names, write down some movies that I got to watch to inform myself, I know I learned a lot of shit today. I hope everybody else learned a lot of stuff today. Um, 
I hope you also learned that in episode seven, this is not a podcast about sports, but yet humanizing people and everything <laughs> they're about. Um, whether it be minority, white, black, anything, I don't care. I tell people all the time, this tattoo that's on my arm, ugh, it is a multicolored lion. And it is a representation of being a protector of every color, whether you think I'm racist or I'm not. Because guess what? I am fucking racist because we're all fucking racist. So if you want to actually admit that shit to yourself in the mirror, then you can start to work against the thoughts that you have. If you like the podcast, right. listen on Spotify and Perfect Podcast, Apple Podcast, the Imperfect Podcast, YouTube and Perfect Audio, Facebook and Perfect Audio, Jessica. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate Thank you for everything. It. And, um, oh, just to add on that, yeah, like, uh, most of us have anti-blackness. Like, just, it's internalized. Like, yeah, we all have, like, deep-seated racist thoughts going on sometimes and biases that we are not even aware of. Like, especially, like, just being mixed. Like, there was a lot of stuff that, you know, I, I had to unlearn. Straight up, how do unquestionably? So, thanks for touching on that. Um, I really appreciate it. It was a really fun time. Um, we really did cover a lot of different bases. Uh, listen, I know, I, I know, we could have went for more, but it's very informative, and hopefully, people get on their computer and do a lot of searching tonight. Thank you for everything, and thank you for joining me. Have a no great problem. night. Bye.